Hello and welcome to episode 64 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. On the show this week, we will be discussing Rocket League, No Man's Sky, the mini NES, and obviously playing What the Wiki. I am your host, Jake Barros, and I am joined today by my fellow gamers, Kevin. Hey, man. And Matt. Hello. Matt, I swear to God, if you keep changing the words in this agenda, I was about to be like, Kevin Shue. Wait, that's not his name. Oh, God. You're going to stuff me up at some point. I can feel it. I can feel it. Uh, okay, I've got to be on the ball now. Uh, boys, how are you? Haven't been on the podcast for a while, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. It's been good. It's been good. Keen to, yeah. you know get another week out on the podcast so we'll see how we go yeah, yeah well I, oh. yeah matt no uh, go i was gonna say yeah no i kind of just disappeared for a while because life got in the way and and now i find myself back for a brief moment in the land of the living so well welcome back glad yeah. you're alive and uh here with us yeah um well kev did you want to uh, quickly let us know what you've been playing in the last fortnight uh, yeah, sure thing. I have been. I bought an Xbox One, so I guess I was jumping on the Xbox exclusives. There's not many there. Uh, mm-hmm. I bought the Halo Master Chief Collection and Sunset Overdrive to start me off. Cool. Um, I, mainly because I was a huge Halo fan back in the day. Yeah, like, for sure. Like I was, I was frothing. Like Xbox was sort of my thing. Um, yeah, like I like re- revisiting Halo 2, especially the anniversary stuff, um, all the updated graphics and cutscenes, sort of like a nostalgia trip. Um, so that, that's been pretty fun. I haven't bought gold just yet, but I probably will, um, just to play multiplayer again. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sunset Overdrive, I've only played a couple hours, but it's not really doing it for me. Like, it's the... Yeah, it's just not the most engaging game I've played. It's sort of fun, and the graphics are really nice. Like, it's super colorful, and the it's it's, it's interesting. But, yeah, and gameplay-wise, it's not really that engaging for me. But we'll see how we go in the, in the next few yeah, hours. Yeah, fair enough. That. I've been uh, I've been wondering whether or not to buy an Xbox myself, especially with like the the S coming out. I'm like, oh, do I just grab one or not? Uh, I don't know. So <laughs> well, I, I only bought one because yeah, my coworker bought his an S, so he sold me his super cheap. So I mean, oh, if you can bam. if you can get one for like a hundred and fifty bucks or so, I think it's worth it. But I wouldn't spend like five hundred bucks. Well, uh, Kev, if you've got any more friends uh, with some sneaky hookups, give me a give me a buzz. <laughs> definitely uh matt what about you what have you been playing uh well yeah having just kind of rejoined you know society and all that basically i'm i'm like doing a film course at uni so of course when things get serious i don't get to touch any games uh which is unfortunate uh but uh the last thing i got back into we've been having a bit of gta fun recently um yeah gta 5 and and that's always a game that you can kind of just pick up out of nowhere and start playing again um and yeah having a lot of you know had a lot of fun the other night it was good to sit down and kind of relax with that um otherwise i haven't really played anything new i mean the last thing i reviewed was uh, i am set sooner uh and that was that was really cool because um it was made by, oh, it was published by Square Enix, uh, and the oh, uh, developed by Tokyo RPG Factory, which is like the worst sounding company. <laughs> uh, but the game itself seriously felt like uh, I was playing a like a Super Nintendo game, uh, you know, in the modern day. The graphics looked good, but yeah, cool. Uh, you know, it it had that sort of, and it was it was basically a love letter to Chrono Trigger. Uh, which I remember barely playing as a kid because it wasn't one game that I really got into, but everyone raves about it. Uh, so that's that's basically all I've been up to lately. So, cool. Well, yeah, like myself, like we've obviously been jumping on the GTA a little bit and having some fun on there. Hopefully, have a wi- uh, a video out by the time this podcast uh, comes out as well for everyone to watch. Um, what else have I been playing? I've actually been jumping back into uh, Black Ops Three as well. Um, as I've been waiting to play No Man's Sky, which we'll obviously talk about in just a few. But yeah, other than that, a little bit of Pokemon Go. It's really been a bit dead. I'm just kind of waiting for the next uh, next game to come out to sink some hours into. So hopefully once No Man's Sky releases as of tomorrow from this recording, 
you guys won't hear from me for a while. <laughs> oh no, I'm sure. I reckon that we we all will get together and just be like, guys, guys, I found this awesome planet. You know, chatting over <laughs> cross chat. Unless of course people get it on like PC, and then we'll be like writing messages to each other, be like, guys, guys, I found this planet. Be like, well, too bad for you, old <laughs> pleb. Um, <laughs> I think I, I think most of the team's getting on PS4 though, right? I think so. Um, except yeah, maybe I'm... Medi. Are you yeah. are you likely to? Because I know you're a bit of a PC fan, Kev. So, uh, look, for some reason, I've always envisioned No Man's Sky on PS4. So, I don't know. I don't know why, to be honest. Um, so I'm probably gonna get it on PS4. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> good, good on ya. Yeah. But uh, oh well. I mean, talking about No Man's Sky, let's get into uh, the first little segment of today's podcast, which is what games are releasing this week or coming out matt's conveniently changed that in my agenda to what games aren't coming out this week um so you're wrong matt um they are coming out but number one is uh brutal which is uh coming out well it will be out now when you're listening to this podcast it is out on ps4 have no idea what this game is about boys if you'd want to jump in and uh give your two cents to any of these games just do so and interrupt me uh we've also got indigo prophecy on ps4 releasing as of the 9th so once again it is out right now if you want to go grab that uh we have a very scary looking horror game which I don't, I didn't really want to play the trailer to it because like the chick is blurred out and she just looks creepy, but it is Emily Wants to Play. Very freaky name. That's on PS4 as well. It is out right now too. Look at all these games you can play. Uh, no Man's Sky, obviously releasing uh, tomorrow, like I said, on PS4 and PC. It will be out as of this uh, podcast release too. So yeah, once woo. again, you can go grab it. Let us Very know uh, all the all the cool names that you give your planets as well. Uh, hit us up at press.au when you are playing. Uh, we've got Uno coming out as well. So Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Uh, that will be available as well. All these board games coming. We also have uh, Battleship coming out on the PS4 and Xbox One as of Friday, August 12th. Uh, it seems to be a bit of a trend, all these... Uh, I guess board games coming out to consoles and PCs. Uh, are you guys going to be grabbing any of these uh, board game ones? What, there was something that released last week that was a board game as well, but I can't remember what it was. Um, anyway, um, nah, board games should be board games. I don't like playing virtual board games. If that makes sense. Um, That's fair enough. Yeah, this is what really I said night. to I said to you in last week. What What if like we had tables that were computers like minority report style oh, like would you like, would you like, play on something like that like holograms and yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that that's interesting oh oh definitely yeah yeah if they were holograms that'd be cool but like yeah as kev was saying like the the fun the whole fun of board games is getting around a table with a bunch of mates and like you know drinks and snacks or whatever and playing into you know the ungodly hours of the night um you know basically going nuts on these kind of games i just i've never really like i get there's some games you can play like you know there's words with friends and blah 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 this and that you can <laughs> play with people online but yeah you know when it's an actual proper board game it's always better if you're in a room with people sitting down and playing um and i just like i'll never kind of hook on to you know playing a video game of a board game because it just doesn't feel the same that authenticity right matt what is uh what is blade bullet by the way i was just about to say i don't know it looks like I, a fun game that is coming out august 10th on pc uh I, pc and ps4 i googled it and i don't see anything really coming up that all i see in the thumbnail obviously like you can play four players there's two cubes it looks like there's some kind of speaker so is it what? Wow, I can't what? find it anywhere. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know either. Like it, it sounds interesting, but I have no idea what it is. I can give you a play-by-play if I watch the trailer right now. <laughs> or maybe, um, apparently... maybe just like link the trailer when we post the podcast because then people will be interested. Well, I mean, obviously everyone can have a look at these trailers and uh, all the games that ARK releasing this week on our website, pressstart.com.au. Very inter- it looks like some kind of battle arena um kind of thing yeah i can't I even know Steam very weird but um interesting. Very interesting. Ah, if it's your cup of tea yeah like i said go watch the trailers and uh see if that's <laughs> one you're going to be picking up 
Uh, but anyway, let's move into the topics of this podcast where all the discussion is had. Uh, and first and foremost, obviously, we're going to start with No Man's Sky. So when this podcast is released, this game will be out just to kind of emphasize that. So if you are super keen for No Man's Sky, make sure you hit that up. Uh, news that has come about with this, Sean Murray has revealed the patch notes for the first No Man's Sky update, which will be available on launch day. It's what the team has been working on since the game went gold over the past four to five weeks. This is a massive update. So I'm going to try read through all of this. Uh, feel free, like before, you can interject if you want, if you really need to say something mad or Kev, but I'm just going to try and get through as much as this as I can. So the patch additions include the three paths. You, oh, Matt. <laughs> Matt, 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 Matt. I so nearly Ma- got you there. For every, yeah, you nearly did. <laughs> for everyone playing at home, I'm pretty sure the wording's supposed to be the three paths, unique paths players can follow without... Uh, throughout the game, Matt's changed it to unique farts players can follow throughout the game. That's that's for your maturity, Matt. That's for your maturity. Don't applaud. Don't encourage him. Um, so yeah, unique parts uh, that players can uh, follow. I'm pretty sure this also can determine different endings to the game as well. So really cool to see that go in. Uh, algorithm changes. So galaxies are now up to 10 times larger if it really did need to get any larger than it already is. Uh, increased diversity. Atmosphere... Uh, atmosphere vary up to four times more so rain uh, sun glow all that kind of stuff uh rotation of planets have been made more manageable terrain generation caves up to 128 meters uh can now occur underwater erosion can create interesting seabeds uh, a lot more ship diversity inventory improvements trading balances feeding animals so you can actually have them as your pets as well uh hazard protection is a little ha- harder to come by making intergalactic storms a little bit more deadly so you really got to prepare for those certain planets uh, graphic improvements balance improvements combat tweets and tougher enemies space combats uh, there's bounty missions and larger battles and pirate uh, frequency has been increased whatever that means Ewan's just dropped in oh my god this is so awesome so it must be <laughs> Uh, exploits exploits have been removed so these are those exploits uh, that aided players to get to the center of the universe uh, a lot more quicker which we did see that news come about recently Uh, stability updates networking as well so this is really interesting uh it was described as the ability to scan star systems other players have discovered on the galactic map increasing the chance of collision really doesn't give us any kind of uh i guess information as to if this means we can actually run into other players or not it's if still it's, so vague if it yeah, is Matt. what it sounds like then god yes because like i feel like there would be a really cool thing if it turned out to be more like a journey kind of experience where you did actually actually encounter people a lot more than you you know you're expected to in this game um i think that's the one thing that I've been a bit wary about is like you know it's cool to explore on your own for a while and if there's a storyline that's that's also really good but I think it just needs that little bit of extra oomph where like every now and then you start teaming up with people and then disappearing and all that so yeah I think like it's definitely a game that I think can do so much it needs better interaction. with the ability yeah with interaction and stuff yeah. like it's basically from what we've slightly seen from the trailers and stuff it's somewhat of a spruced up space themed minecraft that's like to put it in very very like simple terms so it would be very cool if you could team up but hey once again we we won't know exactly this until the game comes out um, the writing has also been uh, kind of uh, redone as well. So the Atlas Path has been rewritten by James Swallow, uh, writer of Deus Ex. Uh, and I think it speaks, Matt, I swear you've like added things in here. I'm like struggling so bad. <laughs> I think it speaks to the overarching theme of player freedom more clearly now. Uh, early mission texts have been rewritten to allow for multiple endings. <laughs> 
I'm like, I'm like cautious to read every single word. I know what you've got down below there and I'm not reading that out. <laughs> um, so that's very cool. So yeah, that multiple ending and obviously kind of the storyline is going to, seems like it's going to change and chop and the writing will change and chop as well, depending on those parts and everything you take as well. So a massive update like it's still like i said doesn't really tell us exactly what this game is uh you know whether or not the hype is going to live up to uh what we've all been hearing or whether it's going to be a disappointment but kev what do you kind of make of of this and are you super excited to get this game uh yeah no i'm definitely i wasn't going to pick it up but i've sort of changed my mind and i'm definitely gonna uh, pick it up day one now just to sort of see what the hype's yeah. all about Um, A fair point to note is that this patch is apparently 824 megabytes, which is absolutely tiny compared to, yeah, compared to other day one patches, which are like, I remember Halo, the Master Chief was like 16 gigs. Um, So yeah, I guess, because the actual game isn't huge. It's only about seven or eight gigs altogether. Mm. So I guess, I guess the procedural generation is very, I guess, low uh, low memory sort of thing. I I, I honestly yeah. don't know how it works. Uh, it's similar to Minecraft apparently, and that game isn't too taxing either. So um, no, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really excited to see this patch though, because it looks like they're doing a lot of uh, post-release support, and hopefully throughout the coming months they'll keep introducing more and more sort of gameplay elements or balance, the gameplay balance issues and all of that sort of stuff, um, just to keep you know an audience interested. But basically, I'm just super psyched to hear that you can uh, actually have pets because my dream is basically <laughs> get a huge spaceship, fill it up with cats, and just take over the world. <laughs> yes, you can have the you can have the Catman planet. <laughs> that's glorious. Oh, that's so good, yeah. Matt. Are you are you super keen? Are there any of these updates that really get you excited? Well, I I've I've kind of gone a whole roller coaster ride. I initially wanted this game like so badly, and then uh, like my interest didn't wane. But like you know, again, life got in the way, and like uni stuff came in. I thought I was going to be busy, and I actually thought you know what, I might sort of you know miss it for a little while and then join in later. And then I kind of figured oh, I'll be behind the pack when everyone else is like level one hundred, and I'm like this tiny <laughs> little ship floating in space, and everyone's shooting me. Um, and then I think it, like, yeah, reading the patch notes and everything and the fact that it's a, like, a, a relativistic small patch compared to, you know, the, what the game does, um, I think I will get it because it's, it, I think the game just seems to be something that, like, you know, if you want to just ease in and play for a little while and then ease yourself mm. back out, it's a lot easier than, you know, full-on story mode games where you've either got to keep playing to watch the story or online ones where the moment you jump offline, someone's going to rank up, you know, a hundred levels higher than you and you're never going to be able to play the game properly, you know, because yeah. you won't match to the same level people. So I, I think I've got a little bit of time tomorrow. I'm going to go and pick it up and get lost for a little while. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I feel like it's going to be one of these games that I can, you know, either spend three hours on or i can spend like 20 minutes depending on how much time i have in my day um you know and and kind of my mindset into jumping into it but you know i i think you're completely right i don't think it's going to be a game that is very much uh what's the word like reliant on the level of which your character is i think it's going to be more reliant on how much you do explore and you know that may mean that it doesn't matter if you've gone and seen 20 planets in the first week or you've only stuck to two and really you know kind of hunted around and searched the the i guess uh what's the word again god i'm spacing out um get it search the, like the out. terrain and ah, yeah see what i did there hey yeah. Yeah. um yeah search the terrain and and things like that like i think yeah yeah depending on how thorough you want to be or how how much you kind of just want to kind of speed through it i think there's going to be quite a lot of different aspects to this game that people can really get out uh, of it so very exciting definitely stress that we are discussing this game before its release we are currently recording this on tuesday it is releasing tomorrow wednesday podcast will probably be out thursday uh so we will be discussing this game in full as of next podcast so be 
keen and stay tuned for that. I'm sure we will have a lot to talk about. I did come um, to I No did Man's make Sky. A suggestion then. that we do the podcast while we play No Man's Sky. So we like, you know, <laughs> hey, and then oh my god, guys, I found this. Oh my god, and then <laughs> guys, guys, oh my goodness. So, Although I can't play and talk at the same time, I like struggle. Uh, you did pretty well on GTA, so. Yeah, but the, I was just sitting watching you guys fall to your deaths when skydiving. So. <laughs> that's, that's something else to keep an eye out for, folks. We're, yeah, we're doing definitely. a nice little GTA Olympics-style video. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's move into the next topic. Rocket League updates. This is super cool. Uh, I know a lot of the team was very excited when these came out. Matt, don't you dare type anything into my schedule. I see your little cursor there. Uh, So it has been announced that during the finale of the Rocket League Championship Series in Hollywood, that Rocket League will be getting a free update in September. The update is titled Rocket League Rumble. The new game mode will set you loose in an arena packed with 11 new power-ups. So this is exactly the interjection of craziness that Rocket League needed to get uh, definitely the team invested for another 50 hours. Uh, So very, very cool. It kind of slightly starts to get us into a Mario Kart-esque kind of gameplay with Rocket League. So here are some of these, uh, I guess, new power-ups that we can see. So one's called The Boot. Uh, It kicks opponents' cars. Uh, Just a little kick in the bum there just to get them out of the way and get that ball uh, for yourself. Uh, We've got The Disruptor, forces the opponent to drive uncontrollably uh freezer freezes the ball in place grappling hook pulls you closer to the ball haymaker punches the ball magnetizer attracts the ball uh the poor god i can't talk the ball to your car uh plunger grabs the ball via the plunger and cord whatever that means uh power hitter hit everything harder uh spike attach the ball to your car and then you can bump it into it uh, swapper, change positions on the field with your opponent, and tornado, sweep up the ball uh, and cars into a giant funnel of clouds. Uh, this seems pretty awesome. Matt, you've uh, been on the uh, the squad when we've played Rocket League. Are you super excited for this? Uh, anything, anything that makes Rocket League crazier is a win in my books. Um, and the fact that, again, it's another free mode. I mean, how much more can these guys give to us that's free before, like... We have to sell them our firstborns or something. Um, <laughs> they like they are seriously so amazing. The fact that you know um, we just keep getting all this you know add-on content is just insane. Um, and like you know, it makes me want to buy like the additional cars and skins yeah. and stuff just to give them a bit more money because like you know, of course, a lot of us got the game uh, for free through uh, you know PlayStation Plus. Um, uh-huh. So we didn't really pay for it, but I actually the other day for some reason considered buying the uh, the retail version, just you know like oh really? So I would be like, hey, I I supported you guys because you gave me so much, you know, so oh, much nice free guy, stuff, Matt. So, yeah, but um, no, I I'm pumped. Like anything Rocket League has done hasn't been bad. Um, mm. I, I don't think they could. The, the only way they could release like a bad DLC is if they locked you out of every single menu option and made you pay like five dollars to access each one. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, but then, but they're not EA, so they won't do that. I think the good thing about Rocket League and what I really like is that the fact that they just do uh, support the community really well and give such a buttload of like free updates. Um, but do allow those people that, I guess, you know, want to delve a lot deeper into Rocket League, those opportunities to pay, whether that be for new cars or, you know, competitive modes and things like that as well. Uh, really cool. I've been the same as you, Matt. Like, I've looked at some of those cars. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I'm willing to spend, like, five bucks on the Batmobile or whatever it may be. Um, so... Yeah, very cool. Very cool to see this update. Uh, Kev, you haven't played Rocket League. Does this make you want to play more? Uh, it does make me want to play. I don't know why I haven't played, to be honest. I guess just because I've missed the, the free uh, the free release on PlayStation Plus. Um, but yeah, considering how well they're supporting the player base with all this free DLC, I think they absolutely deserve my money. So I think I'm going to be dropping some money in the next couple of days on Rocket League. Well, maybe if Matt's a nice guy, you can just have his paid version since he already has uh, a copy of it anyway. 
that sounds good. <laughs> Matt, does that sound good for you? Uh, well, I haven't bought it yet, so. But uh, I'm, I'm well, more than up, willing. So can play. I'm more than willing to <laughs> donate. So. <laughs> Uh, out of all these new power-ups, uh, if you guys had to pick one as your favorite or what sounds the best, what would you pick at the moment? Uh, I would I would probably go the magnetizer because I reckon it would be cool to have the ball stick to your car and drive it straight in the goals. Very good, very I'd good. Say, I'd say the plunger. I just want to know what that is. <laughs> it, it's, it sounds uh, odd. It sounds sound toilet-related. It is toilet-related. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think the grappling hook. I don't know. I like grappling hooks, so that might be a cool one to see. Um, or the boot, depending on how far it will kick your, kick your opponent. But anyway, I'm sure we will find out soon. I, when was it? Free update in September. So we don't have a, a, a specific release date yet, but uh, get keen for September, everyone, if you're a Rocket League fan. By then, we'll be out of our uh, No Man's Sky comas. So. Maybe. 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 <laughs> Maybe. We'll have to see how we go uh next topic of the podcast so this is a reoccurring uh topic pokey pandemic is what we've called it obviously that's a segment where we do discuss all the crazy things still happening with pokemon go it's not dying down it's still some uh manic things happening around the world and uh the first one to uh kick it off in this segment today is uh, according to the bbc iran have become the first nation to completely ban pokemon go uh, this is largely to security concerns with the decision being made by the high council of virtual spaces who are a legitimate official body overseeing online activity matt i'm really scared to read the rest because i have no <laughs> idea what you've changed um but basically yeah this is like a massive thing i can't even like determine what you have changed or what you haven't it's changed just that it's just that one line it's just that one line okay <laughs> anyway oh well that's a nice one i'll read that out uh, it says that a high council said it's because i ran uh out of pokeballs i get the joke it's because Classic i ran fun. out of pokemon <laughs> yep good one good one maddie uh to continue on with the actual news it isn't clear what security concerns the iranian high council had with the game although it appears that it seems to be around trespassing by large group gatherings with robberies and assaults also likely to be playing a role uh, it has also been reported that iranian authorities were considering to ban the game last month but were trying to work with niantic labs over creating potential restrictions I think that is it with the Iranian one. Oh, we have something else. PC Gamer are also reporting that uh, Singaporean officials are looking into banning the game with it apparently causing day-to-day -day problems for residents. I find this completely, like, it's quite crazy. Like, I know there's, like, definitely a, a pandemic going on with Pokemon Go. Or there's a lot more crowds happening. There's a lot of, like, you know, hoarding happening, especially in uh, America and things like that, too. Uh, but, Kev, do you think this is a little bit too far? Uh, you uh, got to understand that in, in certain countries, like, obviously, there's different practices and different definitely. Like, levels of security. Um, yeah. And especially in sort of high tension areas, um, like, yeah, like in those sort of areas, I could probably understand them banning it because there is there is a lot of violence around the world. Uh, not, not everyone's, you know, so welcome, welcoming as we are in Australia. Um, yeah. So I, I understand the reason they ban it. Um, I, I guess, I guess it's just, it's sort of like a toad to toad. It's sort of like a, like a just a way for them to just you know a blanket ban is the easiest way just to avoid those sort of contro controversies like you know people getting robbed or you know mm, stabbed mm. or stuff um i don't necessarily agree that it should be banned because it is quite a fun game and as we saw it right here in like melbourne and oh, across australia and the world um it sort of brought a lot of people together like especially yeah definitely especially like more like in public places you know people walking around up, like local places are just getting so much more life now as well so yeah in the end i i understand why they would ban it um you know we don't have to necessarily agree and it's a shame that people you know miss out on this game um i just think it's pretty cool that iran iran has this high council of virtual spaces that sounds like a <laughs> sounds badass sort of like it does sort of like the council for the fellowship of the ring sort of thing <laughs> I, I was going to say, I was literally going to say, you know, like, how, how strange, it sounds like something out of a sci-fi novel, 
You know, I can just imagine like these guys sitting around these giant glass tables, like the High Council of Virtual Spaces <laughs> meets to discuss the problem that is Pokemon Go. Um, That's and, so funny. You know, just like you see these massive decrees on like street walls and stuff that say, you know, Pokemon Go uh, banned by the High Council of Virtual Spaces. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty dope. And it'd be like the Chancellor of Virtual Spaces. Yeah. I'm, I'm like imagining like a, a Jedi Council kind of thing happening now and they're already all wearing like cloaks and things too while holding their like consoles and and mobile phones and things like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of an odd one. I mean, Matt, do you think that some of this kind of, I guess, caution from other countries does come from like some of the players themselves like we've seen obviously people not being really using too much common sense and being really kind of just i'm gonna say it idiotic a little bit unsafe when playing pokemon go do you think that is a large kind of uh, i guess uh, portion of why countries are doing it now that they just don't want that kind of uh, silliness to be occurring or do you think that there's you know maybe more of an underlining thing happening i think i think there's a whole multitude of issues here it's like you know yeah they're, they're painting the fact that like you know people will do stupid things when trying to you know I mean, look at, look at like, how many cases in Australia and the US you've had of, like, people spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on Candy Crush, not realising <laughs> they're spending that much, you know. Um, yeah, true. And, and people get violent over games like Candy Crush. It's like, oh, why didn't you send me a life or whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, yeah. So I can, I, can see, I can see that they're doing, they want to do things like that in the interest of public safety. And the fact that they came out and said they wanted to work with Niantic and kind of, you know, limit what the program does uh is better than an outright just no you know we're banning it sort of thing you know Mm. and clearly clearly niantic doesn't want anyone to be disadvantaged you know while playing this game so they've said well we're not going to change the game unfortunately that's how it is and they've said well we've got no choice but to you know to ban it um but there was a lot of stuff that came out when the game first released uh in regards to company uh, countries talking about um uh, like cyber security and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And fearing yeah. that it was like a, you know, a plot by the Western world to spy on them and discover their, <laughs> you know, their secrets and stuff like that. And it's like, I don't think they're quite going that far. Um, I don't think Niantic and the Pokemon company are that obsessed with trying to find like, you know, um, militarized weapons in North Korea or something like that. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure you can't even get a mobile phone signal in North Korea. Um, but that's not the point yeah the point is like yeah like it's it's it comes down to a matter of like i think they're just looking to protect the safety of their people um Mm, and they don't think yeah like the the last thing they need is a bunch of people trying to sue the government for not protecting the people from a game because some guy impaled himself on a fence trying to catch a pidgey or something yeah yeah definitely i as you were speaking i was kind of having to think to myself of you know is it are they kind of uh i guess getting drawn in by all that media uh exaggeration that has occurred with it you know when it first came out we saw media reports here in australia being like oh predators can track players and find out where they are and kind of just twisting certain aspects of the game to make them sound worse than they are but uh no you, you make a really good summary with that it's all about kind of protecting the people of these countries and making sure safety is at the utmost uh level so yeah i mean a little bit sad that these people can't play and enjoy it but also it's good that at you know that there's bodies uh, in their governments that are obviously looking out for them first which is really cool to see uh, in other Pokemon news, we've got Pokemon Go players who had managed to capture legendary Pokemon ahead of their official release in the game have had the Pokemon revoked from their accounts. In a statement by Niantic, they say, we recently noticed that a few legendary Pokemon got into a few accounts when they shouldn't have. To preserve the game's integrity and a measure of fairness, we have rectified the situation and revoked the legendary Pokemon from the trainer's accounts. Kev, is this a bit of a taking a lollipop from a baby kind of thing, or <laughs> do you think this is fair? Uh, honestly, I think depending on the balance issues, when they're talking about measure of fairness, um, 
if it's for instance they drop like a 5,000 CP Articuno in players' accounts, I can see them taking it away just because having that's completely overpowered. But mm. um, was it? Do you know if they accidentally just dropped it into accounts, or did the people actually catch it? Uh, as far as I know, people actually like caught it. So in the article we posted, it said that a couple of uh, Twitch streamers in Iowa, uh, Ohio. Uh, actually showed on the camera you know them had two different phones two different data connections both saw uh the legendary pop-up they both received this i guess special email that then comes from niantic saying that you have caught uh this uh pokemon it is now available on your game um so as far as reports it looks like they actually caught okay in that case i think it's a little bit unfair that they took it away because if, if the if the legendary just like randomly dropped into their account then yeah i can see them taking it away but you know they went out and they actually caught it and you know they received an official email and everything so i think just as a fair go they should have just been allowed to keep it yeah yeah fair enough matt your thoughts uh i no i kind of agree with kev it's like if it's a glitch why take it away from people if you know if if it's glitched and you know you've you know, you've managed to catch it because it's been available to you, I don't think that you should have that taken away from you uh, shortly after uh, because the company stuffed up. It's kind of like saying, um, you know, it's kind of like putting a cupcake on the table. I put a cupcake on the table with Jake's name on it. Um, oh, I like cupcakes. And you go to eat it, and then I smack it out of your hand and say, "No, not uh-huh. for Jake." Um, <laughs> And then I go and put it in a locked cabinet and say, you can have it when I decide to open the locked cabinet. Um, you know, like, it's like, if it happened, it happened. Just let them have it, you know. Um, there's, it's not like once, you know, everyone gets all 150 or 151 Pokemon that the game's going to be over. I mean, how many more regions have they got to go? They can add so much more functionality into it. So if people happen to get it, they just get lucky. Yeah yeah i guess like i i totally see the point that you guys are making and i uh, i agree um but i i think as well like i i guess it's kind of comes down to as well as as what niantic kind of had in mind like are they holding off the release for these legendary pokemon because they want everyone to kind of you know spend some time you know finding the core pokemon leveling up and then once enough people have kind of reached whatever the max level is then drop these legendaries out so there's more for these higher level uh trainers to kind of discover and do like you know if uh, i guess in, in terms of affecting a balance like like kev said i think it would definitely be unfair if it was like a 5000 cp uh legendary pokemon and then you know who's ever gonna beat that if there's no other pokemon in the game um that can currently like match that kind of feat so yeah i don't know two two sides i guess to it i i if it happened to me i'd probably be saying like hell no niantic give me back my legendary i got that fair and square um but also as a as a player who didn't have a legendary i'd be pretty cut if i saw you know a gym with one of them there and be like well i'm not even gonna beat that ever so what's the point um, but very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Moving on uh, into a slightly uh, similar Nintendo uh, kind of topic. We've got more news about the Nintendo Classic Mini. So a French language radio show hosted an interview with a Julie Gagnon. Gagnon? That's how you pronounce her name. Let's go with it. Yeah, who is the communications manager at Nintendo of Canada. The interview allowed us to understand more about the different display modes that the Nintendo Classic Mini uh, will be able to put out. Uh, so what? Uh, in a quote, they said, what is interesting is that we can play through HDMI, but there will be different modes of how we will see the screen. One, a mode simulating the retro aspect of our old CRT screens. Uh, there will be a mode which can be 
at the resolution of the modern screens in uh, 4x3 format and a pixel perfect mode which will display each pixel as a square so people can have fun with this too. Uh, Gagnon also went to talk about the different options when it comes to save modes saying yes there will be a permanent save points and instant temporary saves to be able to resume and that's for every single of the 30 games so we don't have to worry if we don't have a password or restart right at the beginning uh very very cool to see have you guys managed to put some uh pre-orders down for the nest at all no unfortunately I, I missed out on it um they went super quick so but like yeah they went real quick like it, it's a really cool system but like the nes wasn't my childhood thing the snes was my thing so um yeah i'm waiting for that to hit and once that does i i'm dropping i'm dropping whatever how much it costs i'm dropping everything on it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's very very cool like uh, i my first console was a nintendo 64 so i miss the nes i miss the super uh, nintendo as well so but i'm i'm super excited for this as as soon as some like more stock comes about i'm definitely in the same boat kev i'm gonna be dropping whatever money it takes to get uh, my hands on one of these uh, but Matt, do you think that Nintendo's getting this right for a change? It seems that at least with this little uh, nostalgia console that they're doing everything right. What are your thoughts? I think I said it once before is uh, they've done a really good job because, I mean, they practically left their their legitimate consoles uh, out to die uh, before the NX comes in. And this is the perfect stopgap thing to kind of, you know, mask what's going on behind the scenes. Um, I'm, I'm totally with Kev. Like I grew up with the snares. Um, and if you don't call it the snares, then get out of my face. Um, sorry. I called it super Nintendo before. So, uh, you can call it super Nintendo, but like, you know, Kev's like the S N E S. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Fanboy alert. I'm, I'm just, I'm just having fun. Kev. Uh, anyway, no, I, I still want one. Um, I didn't put down a pre-order, uh, and I reckon that they'll ship more because, oh, you know, definitely. I seriously don't think they'd make it that limited, um, knowing that they could, you know, make a fortune off it. Uh, I think it's cool. Um, I like it. I think it's cool. Uh, I'm not in an urgent rush to get one, though, because, um, oh, little secret, I've always liked emulating games on the PC. <sighs> don't say that out loud they're coming for you oh my goodness you yeah. bad boy but um no i think like i think it's a cool little thing um and you know if i get my hands on one i get my hands on one but i'm not urgent urgently gonna like run and line up and try and get one that doesn't sell so yeah for sure i mean all of you playing at home uh just so you do know it does release here in australia on november 10th at around about 99.95 however like we've said stocks are sold out at the moment so we just have to wait for those uh stocks to replenish and put your pre-orders down or try and scurry around november to see if there are any around as well with this do you guys think that Nintendo will continue to do things like this? Like, will we see a, you know, a SNES uh, Mini come out? Will we see a Nintendo 64 come out? Kev, what do you think? Uh, hopefully, yes. Hopefully, definitely, at least for the SNES. It just depends on how well the NES sells. But, you know, judging by pre-orders, it looks like it's going to be really popular. Though yeah. that could also be because of really low supply. Um, True. But yeah, it's shown that there is there is a demand for it. Um, I really hope that they you know push out more stock, and that stock is really like it just sells well. And once that does, hopefully we'll start to see SNES, um, you know, and N sixty four. Though I don't think we'll see at least the N sixty four for a good few years. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think I don't think they could go past the sixty four like. What was after that? GameCube, right? Yeah, like... GameCube. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I think that's when they didn't, like, started not selling that well. So, I, yeah. I guess, yeah, I'd go up to N64 and that's about it. Well, look, the Matt... uh, the Wii was basically um, a GameCube anyway. So, you know, I'm sure you could go out and just find a cheap Wii and a bunch of GameCube <laughs> games and that's fine, so... Yeah, but it won't be a mini one, Matt. Like, <laughs> you know, you can't fit it in the palm of your hand. That's what it's all about. Um, Matt, if any other company was to do this, 
what would you like to see happen? Would you like to see like a mini PS1 come out or, you know, go back to like a Dreamcast or something like that? Uh, well, funny funny thing is, um, I remember at one point everyone was like, oh, oh, look, Sega's doing it too. And it turned out that like Sega had already done it, like not in the same way. Um, but Sega or a, a cheap sort of company that uh, partnered up with Sega actually released a Mega Drive uh, that played original Sega games as well as emulating uh, the other ones. The only mm. problem is it was it was nowhere near as high def as you know this little uh, NES is. Um, but having said that, if they actually like redid the Mega Drive or the Genesis, you know, whatever, whichever, whatever, depending on which region you're from, um, as a proper thing, basically the same as this, I'd be all, I'd be down for that. Um, and I think that I re- like I reckon that you know if you really want to sell it to people uh, even more, uh, have the ability to like you know when they they relicense old games is to you know download them to the console. You could have like a yeah. treasure trove of classic games on that one little unit. I mean, technology's come that far that you could do that, um, and that would be you know so much awesome. I mean, like you know the amount of people out there who would relive their childhood playing you know, the tiny little consoles uh, with all the games from their childhood would be insane. Like, you know, you'd have people queuing up around the block for things like that. So, Well, I guess we'll see if it if happens. Surely this is only the first couple of steps in this kind of uh, nostalgia train uh, heading off to the next station. So I guess we'll see what uh, happens with it all. Well, let's play some games ourselves with our favorite podcast game, What the Wiki. Are you guys excited? Yeah. Oh, God, you guys are so excited. Oh, my God. I have no idea what the scores are because they're not in here. I'm pretty sure, Matt, you got a point, and Kev, you got a point as well. You're both on one. Is that correct? I think so. I think it is, yeah. Cool. I'm not on any because I've let you all win. Uh, (laughs) But... uh, I'm not going to get one today. One of you will be able to take over the other. However, you can't get to the top of the ranks because Shannon's on four, so he's quite a while away. Um, but for everyone playing at home who have not uh, heard this before, what the wiki is the game where myself, the host, will read out the description of a game uh, and replace the title of the game with the word the game, just to say the game one more time. Uh, players, uh, which will be Matt and Kevin this week, will try and guess what that game is. First one, uh, best out of three. I do a th- yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, best yeah. out of three <laughs> will then uh, win the game. So, players, are you ready? Yes. Yes, we are. Let's do it. Uh, so the first game we have here, the player controls a male uh, chameleon described as sensible and a female bat described as a little bit crazy. The game is intended as a resurrection of a collectathon 3D platforming game genre of the late 1990s and early 2000s. During their adventures, the two characters will explore the worlds contained within magical books and complete challenges to collect pages. Uh, golden books pages that act as the main currency in the game players can use these pages to either unlock new worlds or expand those which they have already been unlocked each world will contain a boss battle that is the whole description i have boys anyone want to take a guess <laughs> oh no oh idea. matt oh <laughs> yeah is it is it ukulele it is ukulele oh, oh. Yeah, I was like, "What? How have these guys not got this?" I, mean, no, I, I was there. The first sentence for I was there. Away. I was there thinking because there was like a spin-off of a Sonic the Hedgehog game that had a bat that like was supposed to look sexy and it looked ridiculous. Um, and I thought it was like that. And then then when it started getting oh like pages and stuff, I'm like, "Wait, no, that sounds like something from Banjo Kazooie." So. Well, you got there in the end. One point to Matt, zero points to Kevin. Round number two. The game is unlike more traditional karaoke and music games for consoles in that it does not come with a USB microphone. Instead, players will connect their smartphones to the game using an app, and then they can hold it out in front of them like they are taking a selfie. In this mode, the camera will broadcast both the audio and video of the player's performance into the game 
and, if they choose, online for others to see. The game will feature two main modes, party mode in which up to four players can create a music video together and battle mode, a one-on-one competitive mode. Music videos will either be recorded via the Xbox One Connect or PlayStation camera as well as through any smartphone that is connected to the same Wi-Fi network as the console players Ke- are Kevin? using. Kevin? Yeah. Wait, wait, uh, can I ask if this game's been released yet? Or is that is that a too much of a clue? <sighs> okay, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Um, okay, just say it. Is it Just Sing? The Ubisoft Kevin. one? Yes? No? <laughs> it is Just Sing. Yes! Yeah, <laughs> point. Well done, well done. This, this is like the hardest game of this game I've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> You're both on one. You're doing pretty good so far. Okay. Number three. This one might be quite hard. Don't worry. There's an easy one as a backup. The game is a massively multi... That doesn't make sense. Massively (laughs) multiplayer online role-playing game developed and published by Square Enix for Wii, Wii U, Microsoft Windows, and PlayStation 4. It is the 10th installment in the series and was called the highest profile 30-party release ever announced for Wii. Yeah. Is it Dragon Quest? Um, ten. Any, anything else you wanna? Dragon Quest X. <laughs> Matthew, um, you are the winner of what the wiki. Yay! <laughs> oh my good. god! Well good. done. Well done. The other solid. one was actually Rocket League, so uh, that would have been really easy. <laughs> um, so well done, Matthew. You are on two points now. Kevin, you're on the scoreboard, but you are coming last. Sorry to rub <laughs> it in. Um, but that is occurring. But hey, you're one more point higher than I am, so you're doing very, very well. Uh, well done, Matthew. Do you feel good? Uh, I I feel like uh, I've got uh, points. Yeah, well done. Great, great winning speech. What can I say? Uh, anyway, and with that, let us bring to an end what was episode 64 of the Startcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or any other podcast service of your choice. Be sure to follow Press Start on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube at Press Start AU. And obviously, as well as visiting the site at pressstart.com.au. Everything we've talked about today on the cast will be up on the site for you guys to read further on. Uh, remember to send us your topics, either tweeting myself at underscore Jake Barros, you can also tweet Press Start, and obviously the man being Ewan at UNT Roxburgh. I've been your host, Jake Barros. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Jake Barros, also on Instagram there. And joining us today was Kevin. Hey, you can follow me on everything on Genghis Can 92. Um, I'm just working on a piece for Days X before the new game comes out, one of my most anticipated of the year. Wonderful, and we've also been joined by Matthew. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on on Twitter at mvzamari. Um, at least I think it's that's what it is. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, and all my Instagram stuff comes through there. So if you want to stalk me, you can do that. Um, and you'll see me in the GTA Olympics video doing more stupid stuff, and <laughs> also the community review of No Man's Sky, which we start tomorrow. So yeah yeah so we will be picking up that game like i said the podcast next week will be all about no man's sky a little bit further details on what we thought and uh yeah we might be putting a little group review together which should be a good read so look out for that anyway guys thanks for tuning in and until the next time happy gaming bye